the Warsaw Ghetto happens, where mm. 400,000 Jews are shoved into one small section of the city. Mm. Sendler, however, gained special access to enter the ghetto to search for signs of typhus. She smuggled in medicine, sanitary products, clothing, and food every time she went in. She and other social workers helped Jews escape the ghetto, including smuggling out babies. How do you smuggle out a baby? <laughs> October 18th, 1943, she is arrested by the Gestapo and brutally beaten. They break both of her legs and both of her feet. Oh my God. And place her in Powiak prison. She never, during this entire time, gave up a single name of of any collaborator or hidden child. Ultimately, she is credited with saving an estimated 2,500 children. Welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sam Eggers. And I'm Sarah Gorski. And today I am talking about Irina Sendler. That was her real name. And then her war name. She had a war name. War name. Which was Jolanta. Jolanta? Yeah. Does that mean something? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look up what like what it meant specifically. Oh. I think it was just like, you know, trying to protect my identity from the Nazis. So this is what I'm oh, known as. Oh, like a spy Jolanta. name? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. She's a, is she a spy? She, sort of, yeah. Oh my God, I love spy stories. <laughs> I like this. There's, there's definitely spying involved. Okay. So uh, Irina Sendler was born February 15th in 1910. She grew up in Otwok, which is 15 miles outside of Warsaw, and almost this entire story takes place in Warsaw. Whoa, Poland, okay. Mm-hmm. Rough place to be in World yeah. War II. Yeah, not a great place. Some yeah. some bad things going on there. This is gonna be a this isn't gonna be a, a happy a one. happy story, is it? Well there's there is a bright side to okay, it. Okay, okay. So I'm buckling in. All I'm, right. I'm buckling <laughs> my seatbelt. Alright, no spoilers. So her her father, Stanislav, was a physician who treated the very poor, including Jews, free of charge. He died in 1917 after contracting typhus. Oh. Uh, he got it from a patient. Uh, but after he died, the Jewish community in Warsaw offered the family financial support, but Irina's mother refused. She's oh. like, no, we, we got it. We're good. Okay. Oh. Um, but I think she got a lot of her activism from from her dad and the, the ways that he was like i don't care if people don't like jews i'm gonna help them free of charge if, I, if they need help but he charged some patients he just didn't charge like the poor Jewish exactly. patients. Mm-hmm. yeah so that he still was making money yes okay. yeah he was doing quite well until he died dang she studied law for two years and then later polish literature at the university of warsaw where she was a vocal critic of some of the anti-jewish policies that were in place uh, there was something called ghetto benches. Has either of you heard of the ghetto benches no, policy? No. I hadn't either. It sounds awful. Uh, but it was on Wikipedia. It was highlighted. So I clicked on it and there's a whole page just for ghetto benches. Oh, no. Uh, Tell and us. so I looked it up and it was just a policy. It was a segregation policy that if you were a Jewish student at the school, you had to sit in the leftmost benches in the classroom. What? Oh, you had to be separate from the other students. And if they, they ever didn't, there were students sometimes that sat on the other side of the room to like protest. Mm-hmm. In many cases, those ended in violence oh my God. against the Jewish students. Like the students. teacher would like... I don't think this teacher, but I think other students uh, oh my God. start riots on campus, like get the Jews out of here, get them on the left side of the room where they in belong. Poland. Yes. 
this is it's also just like the dumbest thing in the world to be like you have to be on the left side. Of the, I mean, it's it just so it's, it's so sit in the back of the bus. Oh all those God. segregation policies are so nonsense. Wow. Yeah, they're literally coming up with the most like the all the minutia of ways that you can make somebody's life miserable. Exactly. Oh, God. So she vocally criticized the ghetto benches policy and uh, she developed a reputation amongst the the other staff as a philo-Semite or Jew lover. And oh. yeah, she this this followed her for a while because after uh, World War II broke out, she had she'd submitted her thesis, but she hadn't taken her finals and she stopped going to school. Um, She's she, pissed. Yeah, she left the school, but she tried to get employment at other schools. She wanted to go into education, help out, but all of the schools that she tried to work at refused to employ her because mm. they would call the college that she attended and they were like, oh no, she's a radical leftist. You can't work with her. A mm. radical leftist because she didn't believe in the ghetto benches? Yes. Wow. And so she couldn't get a job. Oh. Uh, she eventually found work with the Free Polish University where she met people associated with the Communist Party of Poland. She joined a group of social workers whom would all later become involved with rescuing Jews from the Holocaust. So if she's involved in the Communist Party, so she's a communist, mm-hmm. this is prob- This would be before the Nazis have invaded Poland, right? Yes, okay. this is all still before. Still before, okay. I guess I just didn't even realize there was so much anti-Jewish rhetoric before Germany actually invaded. Yeah, and mm-hmm. in Poland. That yeah, is... I didn't realize that was like a big movement across Europe at the time. Yeah. It wasn't just... I knew it was in other places, actually, but I guess I just didn't think it was that bad in Poland. Yeah. Damn. So she was employed in a legal counseling and social health clinic for socially disadvantaged women, uh, which in 1935 the government abolished. So they were like, no, 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 you can't, you can't help socially disadvantaged women anymore. Let's just shut this whole thing down. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, figured you, I figured you'd have a reaction to that. <laughs> Oh, it's like all of history, just over and over. Just mm-hmm. take uh, away rights. Mm-hmm. After the German invasion in 1939, it was ordered that Jews be removed from their jobs at the social welfare department where she worked. Germany also ordered that aid be restricted to non-Jews. Like mm. you're, you can still do your welfare, but you can't give any of it to Jewish people. And that's the work she was doing, right? Was mm-hmm. like giving aid to people. Yeah, she was in so welfare and social work controlling mostly. Who she could give. Damn. Exactly. And she and her colleagues began creating false medical documents so that soldiers and poor families could still receive aid anyway. Wow. So Sendler joined the Polish socialists. Obviously, all this stuff going wrong incited her internal justice, mm-hmm. and she she decided to join the movement. Uh, where she became known as Clara and became responsible for searching for places to stay, for issuing fake documents, being a liaison, and finding activists to bring to their meetings, all of which incredibly risky behaviors. Yeah. Mm. Like you could, if you're caught doing any of those things, you're going to be yeah. put to death. And mm-hmm. she, she had a quote, I forgot to write it down, but it, she said, like, do, doing any of these things was dangerous because it didn't just mean they would kill you. It also meant they were going to kill every person in your household. Mm. Like your whole family was going to go down, too. Sounds and like that's what her dad would have wanted, right? Yeah. Her family was like, fuck you guys. Pretty much. We're going to do the right thing. Yep, even if we die. So without telling anyone, she started extending assistance to Jews as well, even though it was punishable by death. So... Then the the Warsaw Ghetto happens, where 400,000 Jews are shoved into one small section of the city. 
And then that in 1940, that is sealed off so that no one can enter or leave. Sendler, however, gained special access to enter the ghetto to search for signs of typhus because she knew that the Germans were terrified of typhus spreading and affecting them. Mm. So they were like, okay, fine, you can go in. No one else but you and maybe some other welfare workers. Uh, but they were, you know, a bit very strict about what she could bring in, what she could bring out. Yeah. But she smuggled in medicine, sanitary products, clothing, and food every time she went in. Hell yeah. I like her. Oh, yeah. And she and other social workers helped Jews escape the ghetto, including smuggling out babies. How do you smuggle out a baby? Yeah, wouldn't they? So, well, yes. So what she did is near the entrance and exit place where she got to go in, there was a dog that worked with the guards. And she trained the dog to bark whenever she got near. So if she showed up, the dog started barking. And because the Germans hated the How dog did she barking. Do that? Did she have oh. access to the dog in alpha hours and stuff? She must have. Oh my god. That's crazy. And so she just she trained it to bark every time she arrived, and the Germans hated the stupid dog barking, and so they pushed her through quicker. Huh? And they wouldn't they wouldn't <sighs> check her bags and shit. They're like, so just she, go, that's go, how go. she would smuggle stuff in, and then after she brought in a bag of quote unquote medical supplies, which it was would really be filled food with baby. and clothing. <laughs> She would give them that, and then she would take a baby back out was the baby in the like, same bag. Would they, like, knock it out with, would they, like, give it, like, whiskey or something to, like... Probably. They, they to, must have. Because it'd be too risky if the baby's mm-hmm. crying. Because even a dog barking, you'd still hear a baby crying. I was right. going to say, like, that seems that seems so insane. She smuggled babies out in toolboxes. She smuggled oh them God. out in medical bags, in supply carts, whatever she a could. A baby smuggler. Yes. She was, she was a, a baby smuggler. Just how terrified you'd be every time every you single go time. in and mm-hmm. leave. Incredible. Constant, like they're gonna catch me. And the whole I, operation oh. too. I'm sure that because they, she had all sorts of. I'm sure they were all working together to, mm-hmm. and to get the babies out of there and to like get them somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. Wow. She she tried to get adults out as well, but a lot of them uh, were too scared and they would stay and thought they were safer in the ghetto than outside, especially because a lot of them were poor and they were like, where are we going to go? How are oh. we going to get past because all the Because all their Nazis? belongings and money were all taken away from them. Exactly. Yeah. They had nothing left. And, mo- and most oh. of the ones who, who were forced to stay were the ones who didn't have passage out when they saw the writing on the wall yeah. and couldn't do anything. God. So summer of 1942 is when the great action happens. And the great action is... It's where they started rounding up all the Jews from in the Warsaw Ghetto, thousands at a time, packing them into trains and sending them to the death camps. There's a lot of different people that they interviewed who were involved in the welfare community that Irina was a part of who said, we had no central leadership. It was complete chaos. Every welfare worker who did anything was completely on their own. Oh they were just risking their lives. And, and she... They kind of had to do it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because wow. if they were networked, they could have all... It would have taken all of them down. Gone down wow. if one person went down. Yeah, and so she wow. just kept doing it by herself with no one to trust. And like, you don't know if someone's been compromised. Like, I'm sure she had people that she was like, this person's never going to... But yeah. at the same time, you never know. But also maybe people just didn't show up to work one day and you were like, yikes. Like, oh, they're probably dead. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. I can't imagine the PTSD she must have had after all of this. I just can't even like, I know like, sorry to interrupt. I know the history of World War II, but every time I hear a new part of it, it's just so fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine living in a time where that was happening. Yeah. I just can't. It seems and it, so and yet, extreme. Ugh. And yet there's people like in the world that deny that that happened at all. And it's insane. There there are so many sources referenced that are all super legitimate that I looked at when I was doing. And bookkeeping. Yes, documents. 
it's it's incredible the records that there are. Oh it, my god! I can't imagine the amount of stubborn and stupid you have to be. It's a perfect <laughs> mix of those two things <laughs> to deny go. that it happened. It's not even ignorance. It's like it's it's, it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, it's a choice. Yeah, it's, it's you choose hate. Yeah. So in July of 1942 was when the liquidation of the ghetto. Finally, <sighs> we're gonna we're just gonna kill everyone who's in there. Mm. So tons and tons and tons of people died. Before that happened, she tried every single day to try to smuggle people out. Wasn't able to save everyone, obviously. She said she lost a lot of her really good friends. Uh. But then the Zagota, or the, I don't know how to pronounce the Z with a dot over it. Zagota, maybe? Mm. The Zagota is the Council to Aid Jews, which was founded December 4th, 1942, by Zofia Kosick-Saka. Uh, I'm so sorry. You're doing great. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing You're a great, trooper. I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, at, at this time, most of the Polish Jews were dead. But the Zagoda started in December 1942. Sendler joined them in January 1943. So a month after they started existing, she was a part of this. Of course. And she worked as a coordinator to distribute financial aid, fake documents, and grants to anyone that they could find that needed their help. In August 1943... The Zagoda sets up its children's section, and in September, Sendler, uh, who is now known by her war name of Jolanta, was put in charge. Jolanta. So Sendler ultimately was the prime mover of citizens, of adults and children in the entire network. She permanently found places for these children with either Polish families orphanages, Catholic convents, charity facilities. Like she had tons of networks where she was still looking for Warsaw. people. Still in Warsaw. Okay. Wow. And she said that a nun convent offered the best chance for a Jewish child to survive. Uh, they'd be given Christian names and taught Christian prayers in case any German showed up and tried to test any of them. Right. But since Sendler was adamant that these children not lose any of their heritage, she kept extensive documentation of all of their real names matched with their new names oh, and wow. where she had placed them. Oh, wow. my God. So she had all these documents with her. And this was after the liquidation. So this was... Mm-hmm. So the, what, whoever was left outside the ghetto. Right. So... These lists of all their original names mixed with their new names, she would bury in jars deep underground so that they wouldn't be found, but so that she knew where they were. Whoa, I was going to ask, I was like, where'd she keep that info? In jars underground. Wow. <laughs> so they're just jars all over the place buried with names. Like, like under her house or something? Probably. Wow. She's a smarty. That's where I'm going to hide everything now. In jars. I'm just going to put shit in jars and bury it. That's pro- <laughs> okay, why not? <laughs> and the the ultimate goal was to return these children to their families if the families survived the war. Mm. Uh, many of them yeah. did not. Many of them died in the camps. But yeah. uh, the ones that survived, she was she worked after the war to bring them back together with their wow. families. Wow. So here is where things get bad for her. In October, October 18th, 1943, she is arrested by the Gestapo. As they ransacked her house, she still had a couple of unburied lists that she just hadn't had time to bury yet. Um, But she had a friend named Janina Grabowska, or Grabowska, who was in the house with her at the time. And she was able to sneak the lists to her friend, who then hid them in loose fabric in her clothing. Oh, my God. And her friend was never searched. Oh, my God. So they managed not to find the lists, but they still did arrest her because they knew she was doing something. Jesus. Didn't have the proof, but How lucky that her friend was there. I know. Oh, my God. This is the most intense. I can't believe there hasn't been a movie. I mean, we say this every episode. Well, they're making one. Gal Gadot is (gasps) playing her. 
Oh. I think the mo- they just announced it like a couple months ago, so the movie's probably going to come out either end of this year or probably early next I do year. I like that Gal Gadot. I know. I love her. Maybe I'll go home and watch Wonder Woman again. Yeah. Every time someone mentions her name, <laughs> I have to watch it. <laughs> and at least watch the No Man's Land sequence. Actually, I like watching the Thimscare stuff over and over. That's fair. Uh, admission, admission, I like watching the battle scenes over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You? No. Um, so... Away from funny topics, because Sendler is taken by the Gestapo and brutally beaten. They break both of her legs and both of her feet. Oh, my God. And place her in Powiak Prison, where she is repeatedly, for months, interrogated and beaten. She never, during this entire time, gave up a single name of of any collaborator or hidden child. Fuck yeah. And they kept beating her. What did they have on her? Someone uh, must have given her up or they something. They probably just knew. They probably were like, well, she's the girl who kept going in there, and a lot of these people went missing, so there's no other way they could have gotten out. Ugh. You know? Horrible. So, November 13th, 1943, she is sentenced to be executed by firing squad. Oh, no. Her friend Maria Pallister, who was also working in the welfare department, heard that this was happening heard that she was about to be transferred to go to the facility where they're going to execute her. So she goes to the Zagoda chief, whose name is Julian Grobelny, and says, I need money. I need it now. I'm going to go bribe the officers to release her. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it works. Is this the same one who made the list? <gasps> it Not works. the same one. It works. Oh, my God. They did it. So she is. God bless people's individual greed. <laughs> Holy Shit. Yep, got some bribe money, gave it to the to the soldiers who and were escorting her, her oh and they God. got her out. Was her legs like still broken and shit? Oh, probably. Oh my God. I'm sure she wasn't looking good. Oh man. On November 30th, which is uh, only 17 days later, the head of the Zagoda uh, requests permission to re-employ her in the welfare department with back pay for her time that she was in prison, <gasps> oh which was like five months. Oh. Permission wasn't granted until April, but it was eventually granted. Those five months later. Oh, thank goodness. Um, was that state sponsored, or was that like a nonprofit type? I think of? it was state sponsored. Whoa, that's crazy. Interesting. Yeah, when that, but that's also why they were like, you can't give help to Jews; you can give it to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. But also, a bunch of people who were sympathetic to the Jews were in the welfare department, being sure. like, "Of course, we're going to give it to them." Yeah. Well, you're not going to get a bunch of masochists in the welfare department. True. Yeah. Like, True. The, these are the real heroes. This welfare department. No kidding. And they found the money and they did it and mm-hmm. got her out. But she started working for them again in, in December, like literally 17 days after she's released from, she goes back to work. Oh my of course, God. Of course she did. Uh, from this point though, she remains in hiding. Her new name is Clara Dabrowska and she was unfortunately unable to attend her mother's funeral because oh. she was in hiding and mm-hmm. she probably knew that someone was going to be looking for her there. Yeah. Of course. It's how sad though when you can't go, like that's so... Oh, it sucks. Like a one thing you want to go to, the last thing, you know, when someone mm-hmm. dies, it's like... Oh. Uh, but ultimately, she is credited with saving an estimated 2,500 children. Oh, that my God. Is crazy. That's amazing. It, unbelievable. I, like That's a lot of children. Every single one of these notes as I read it is like giving me chills. It's so... The, the power that this woman had. That is incredible. What... 
a hero. I know. 2,500. She must have had people helping her, right? Because otherwise, yeah, yeah she... Cause she did for a lot of the time. She yeah, had a the, whole network of people. And yeah, they were all, like, taking like out the babies. Because she couldn't take out 2,500 babies in two years. Unless there are other people helping her. You know right. what I mean? But she was... It it's says amazing. she was the prime mover. So I think God. she moved the most people. That's she crazy. or at least organized them. Yeah, right. Like she, I'm sure she did them herself too. But like mm-hmm. organizing other people. Well, based on too. on what I read, it seemed like most people didn't want to do that part of the job. Wow. Like she it's organized. Risky. She yeah. She organized a lot of people to do all the other things. Like once I get them out, you're going to take them to this location. Right. But she also went and found all the locations that would be safe. So, like, she did so much of this. Is she considered, like, a Polish hero, or is she not? Yes, she is, but she rejects that title. Oh. She has a few choice quotes that I pulled about how oh, she how yeah. she doesn't like to be perceived. Um, she insists she isn't a hero. She says, I was brought up to believe that a person must be rescued when drowning, regardless of religion and nationality. She's like, I'm seeing a whole group of people who's drowning. It's my job to help. That's just how I was raised. Yeah. She also said, the term hero irritates me greatly. The opposite is true. I continue to have pangs of conscience that I did so little. Oh. And that's devastating. But that also is, I think. I think that's actually a really common. Yeah. People yeah. who are Ugh. givers like that. I mm-hmm. think that's really common. Just constantly and feel that way. She probably saw such incredible, she saw such atrocities that. Mm-hmm. And she, there probably were things that she just had to step away from for yeah. just to stay alive. Yeah. It's like, you can't. You know, to be honest with you, I'm kind of surprised that she wasn't captured sooner. Yeah. Yeah, honestly. Like, it's like, like, it yeah. seems like miraculous mm-hmm. that, that that is the case. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we, it would be better if she wasn't captured at all. But, but wow. It's mm-hmm. amazing she survived it. It's oh, yeah. She, she wasn't killed. And was able to c- keep continue working. She didn't mm-hmm. die until 2008. What? At age 98. Oh, my God. From pneumonia. (laughs) 98. Age 98. The year before her death, she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. So, wait. So, she was... So she was younger than I was picturing when she was doing that stuff. She started at age 29. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, A few other quotes that I pulled. Uh, She said... Every child saved with my help is the justification of my existence on this earth and not a title to glory. Mm. And then Mm. uh, last one. We all have to ask ourselves, what would I have done? I agree with uh, Vladislav Bartoszewski. So sorry about the pronunciation. So I agree with that person who said only the dead have done enough. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I gotta like get a tattoo of that. I won't, mom. I won't do it, mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's intense. Only the dead have um, done enough. So yeah, so she was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize in 2007. Do you want to guess who she lost to? 2007? Yeah. is Obama? It was Al Gore. Oh, Al Gore. Yeah. Right. For climate change. For climate change. And honestly, I... inconvenient truth. Yeah. I think a lot of people were really pissed that she didn't win, but I think she wasn't. I think she would have really she, been, she would have felt like unworthy of it. Exactly. I think, and maybe Not that, that, that makes swayed it okay. some of the voters yeah. that she's like, please don't give this to me. You know? <sighs> Dang. Dang. Why couldn't they split the vote? Wow. That's so. That's, that's uh, incredible. Really that's fun. Irina Sendler, and she's I was amazing. completely blown away by this story. I'm blown away. So cool. What 
a truly incredible hero icon broad that we I should all... Of, yeah. I can't believe I hadn't heard her. You know, I've heard a lot of other... I, honestly, I mean, obviously, I, we've heard other names, like, well, everyone from knows Schindler from Schindler's List mm-hmm. and, and, like, Corey Ten Boom and, like, all these other families, but I had never heard her name before. I had never heard her name either. I hadn't either. Wow, I, I, I saw her in, like, a meme, and I was like, that number seems off. Let me look this up. 2,500 children? And then I was like, nope, no, that's real. What wow. was her war name again? Jo- Jolanda. Jo- Jolanda. Jolanta. 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 Wow. Jolanta. That like goes on my list of like potential future baby names. Jolanta. Jolanta. That's a great one. Yeah. You were you were named after the war no, name no of a woman who saved two thousand five hundred <laughs> babies. So what are you gonna do? Exactly. Well, I'll figure it out. Later no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Justin. Thank you for bringing so her to good. us. Wow. Irina Sendler. Thank you for listening. If you want to support the show, leave us a review on iTunes or tell a friend about the show. You can always reach out to us on Instagram with any broads that you think we should cover on a future episode or to tell us anything that we may have gotten wrong. That is at broads you should know. Or email us at broadsyoushouldknow at gmail.com. You can head to our website, broadsyoushouldknow.com, to find more information about all of the broads we've covered on this show and find all of our sources. And we will be back next week to tell you all about another broad that you should know.